For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2.10 And this is going to be the foundational scripture for, de- for today's segment, which I'm calling The Plan, Good Works, and Makeovers. And you know, God has a specific plan for each of his children. Uh, at least this is what I get out of this verse. This is what I see in this verse. And uh, don't interpret uh, the four good works to mean just so-called acts of Christian service. I believe what, what Paul is referring to here is our entire life. Uh, to quote G. Campbell Morgan in a sermon he did on Ephesians 2.10, he said, and I quote, He has ordained the works of the man he is make- making, He has been ahead of me, preparing the place uh, to which I am coming, manipulating all the resources of the universe in order that the works I do may be a part of his whole great and gracious work. In In Psalm 139, we can see that God made me the way that I am, and you the way that you are, and that God knows each believer individually. And uh, based on this, we have to believe then that he has uh, a purpose in, in view. Uh, everything in the universe accomplishes some divine purpose. And uh, since man is made in the image of God and redeemed by the great sacrifice of Christ Jesus, it would seem very unreasonable that we would be left out. If not one of the sparrows spoken of in Luke twelve six is forgotten before God, surely he cares for in God's his own children. What Ephesians 2.10 doesn't teach us is fatalism. Our obedience to the will of God gives us freedom, not bondage, wings, not chains. And let me tell you, you're never more free than when you fulfill the plan that God has for your life. And this plan is not an impersonal impersonal one that will break down, leaving you with a wrecked life if you disobey or miss the mark in executing it. You have to picture God as an artist, a potter, if you will, not as a mechanic. You see, because mechanics will sometimes patch things up and repatch and repatch until finally he has to scrap the engine or transmission, or any other part that is no longer fixable. But a potter, he doesn't give up when the clay refuses to yield. I submit to you that God does makeovers and not mendovers. Jeremiah 18.4, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. And we have several Old Testament uh, records uh, and examples of God's makeovers. Moses began his ministry by defending a fellow Jew and then fleeing for his life, but God made him again. When things got tough, what did Abraham do? He ran off to Egypt, and twice he lied about his wife, but what did God do? He made him again. Isaac lied about his wife. Jacob schemed his way through life, but God made them again. And these guys were were patriarchs who founded the Hebrew nation. And what about the boys in the New Testament? I'll refer refer to them as the posse of Jesus, you know, the apostles. How many times do we read about Peter's failures? 
with the climax being when he denied Christ three times. And uh, how about James or John? Uh, and Jesus nicknamed them uh, the Sons of Thunder when they, uh, when they wanted to call fire down from heaven to destroy an entire village. How many times did the apostles argue among themselves over who was the greatest? And uh, the failure of these men didn't stop God from accomplishing his purposes. Why? Because he made them again and used them in a major and mighty way. And this is really freedom, people. This is what freedom's all about. Freedom to fail, but not get tossed to the side. But, and this is a big but, we can't get overconfident and recklessly tempt God. For as in Jeremiah 19, we see the, prof, the, the prophet breaking the vessel uh, because it was beyond repair. You see, grace is a wonderful thing. But it doesn't give us a license to be cavalier knowing that God will, will make us over. It's possible for God's servants to resist him so willfully that uh, they cease to be vessels for his honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. 2 Timothy 2.21 And uh, that's exactly what happened to Samson and King Saul. And God had to remove them from the scene. Hebrews 10.31 says, it is, fearful, it is a fearful thing uh, to fall into the hands of the living God. And in Galatians 6.1, it says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fall, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in uh, the spirit of meekness, consider, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. So, if a servant of God falls, we should obey this command given to us in Galatians 6.1. And keep in mind that the restoration process uh, may take years, but we must not give up. The purpose of discipline is restoration, and the results of restoration should be fellowship and ministry. And you know, uh, we see records all the time, or, or I should say examples in, in our lives today, uh, in current times, about uh, people falling, people in leadership falling. And uh, it may, uh, once, once the restoration uh, has been completed, uh, it, may it may be uh, well that that person, uh, the restored servant, uh, may not be able to go back to the original place of leadership that they were serving in. But, I'm sure the Spirit of God will have some place in ministry in the kingdom where laborers are still desperately needed. God will use you. God will use you. If you fall and you're restored, God will still use you. It may be in a different place, but God will make you over and uh, He will do what He has to do to get the job done that He wants to get accomplished. God also works in the affairs of nations. Let's not forget that. He sent Joseph to Egypt to get things ready for Jacob and his family so that he might build a mighty nation. He had Moses born at just the right time to deliver Israel from bondage. He prepared Joshua to lead the people victoriously into the promised land. Were these coincidences? Were these accidents? Or were these appointments? I maintain that these were appointments. And every Bible biography bears witness to the truths that we read in Ephesians 
Okay, so, so what does this truth mean to you and me in our Christian service? Well, first of all, it gives us confidence and courage when uh, the enemy attacks or when our work seems to be in vain. And that's a big one because many times uh, uh, the, the things that we do, uh, we may perceive them to be in vain. Um, David fleeing from King Saul, Jeremiah persecuted by a religious but godless nation, Daniel thrown into the lion's den. All of these examples testify to the fact that when God calls you, he enables you and he sees you through. And when the call comes, uh, grace, the grace and confidence that we need to succeed goes right with it. And uh, this is what he told Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1.18. And read these scriptures that I'm not, uh, some of these scriptures I'm not reading here uh, for the sake of time. But go back in afterwards and read them on your own. Our God is the God of the living who dwells in the eternal present. And uh, he wants to communicate which, with us each day through his word. And God not only has a special plan for our lives, but he wants uh, to reveal that plan to us and help us to fulfill it. He doesn't leave us hanging. He doesn't give us a call and then, oh, you're on your own. Whatever he calls us to do, he gives us the grace, the anointing to do it, and he stands with us. And when we fall, he picks us up. He's right there with us in the trenches. So don't ever forget that. Uh, Warren Wiersbe says it like this, and I quote, If you're serving in the will of God, you're like Esther. You have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And we see that in Esther 4.14. What God starts, he finishes. Philippians 1 and 6. If you decide to quit, he will lovingly discipline you until you're willing to obey, just as he did with Jonah. And read the record of Jonah if you haven't done so already. If you persist in your rebellion, he may put you on a shelf, though, and label you disqualified. Boof. Disqualified. And he tells us that in 1 Corinthians 9, 27. God will get his work done, either with you or without you. Again, Esther 4, 14. But you are the loser if you quit. End of quote. Rest assured that the, the going will be tough, whatever the call is. Uh, you can rest assured that Satan's not going to just stand still. And uh, so the things we're called to, uh, the, the execution, uh, during the execution, the times will be tough. The going will be tough. And you must uh, depend on the tr and trust on the eternal purposes of God and his unchanging promises. If you're going to keep on going during these tough times. So you can and will have peace in your heart if you bank on the knowledge that God's purposes and promises will never fail. So until next time, God bless.